Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast, episode three, four, sixty-seven. Charlie here with you. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. Producer Lily with a fresh haircut, uh, laying laying right beside me. Uh, we are feeling good here. Almost done with the week already, which is crazy. This is an odd week. Uh, we'll have Brewer Concern Meter. Um, talk about a variety of brewers, variety of brewer topics um, that are in the ethos uh, after a disappointing series against the Cubs. We will chat about Aaron Rodgers' comments to Pat McAfee about having patience with the offense. Will the Pinheads listen? We'll discuss. And then lastly, check in on the box where we're at. First week of free agency, summer league starting, uh, the chat ejaculation that's going on, and a whole bunch more. Uh, Mitch, though, how you doing? Oh, and before I even ask, before you respond, let me be the first to wish you a happy birthday. Um, our boy turning the big Larry Bird um, on Saturday. On Friday. Actually. Friday. Okay. So can I, can I can I say something real quick? Not to not to take you off key. I had your birthday nailed, and friend of the program fan who I saw at the Cubs game was like, "Yeah." So I was mentioning, like, yeah, I might, might see Mitch on Friday as a thing, but maybe I can run into him later in the evening. And he corrected me and said it was Saturday. And so I was like, well, Fant must know better. He's known you longer, things like that. So that's on <laughs> Fant. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'll I'm gonna bring that, I'm gonna fire that into the chat. I'll have and to sit him down. Yeah, yeah, please. No, it's do. uh it's Friday, I think. Um Friday's the eighth, and I'm pretty sure the eighth is my birthday. It has been Mitch. most years. Mitch, so. the eighth, the eighth is Saturday. So Fant was right. Oh, is it Saturday? <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. You're a dumbass. Today is Wednesday, July sixth, as we record. Oh this shit! Time. You're right. You're right. All right. <laughs> I thought I thought that was gonna be a Frank the Tank situation. Like Frank, you forgot about your own birthday again. Oh man, this podcast is off to a hot start. Okay. Yeah. My apologies. So, anyways, thirty-three. How? Uh, any, any thoughts for people as you head into year 33? No, I mean, I don't know. Uh, in terms of the age, it's it's uh, all downhill from here. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> there's nothing nothing to really look forward to. I mean, in terms of actual birthdays and stuff like that anymore. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's another it's another day at this I, point. Pretty much. I will I will admit that I am a little bit of a birthday diva. Um, now oh, yeah. that's that was propelled by my mother growing up as a child, um, but oh, you were a child when you grew up. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, uh, but 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 here's the thing. Like, I think, like in my opinion, how I see birthdays, and I know everybody sees them differently. I think literally every person has a different opinion on their birthday and other people's birthdays in their life. But I always look at birthdays as like a celebration of somebody's life. Like yeah. I, I personally like. There are people in my life that I make it a point to wish them a happy birthday outside of a group chat I'm in because I feel like to me it's more special and more meaningful. And I want to let them know like I appreciate them on that level. Like even though I enjoy talking to them every day, like that's kind of like that's my personal opinion. Now everybody's different, you know. Um and but yeah, I, I don't know. That's how I always looked at birthdays and well. I think they're worse. They're worse. Very exciting. I'm not a very exciting person, so I mean, <laughs> nor do I mean. I mean, everybody, everybody likes attention to to some extent. Um, right. Some, some more than others. I think there's varying. A scale varies on that um, front, and I mean, for me, it's like a birthday is just, you know, another year goes by where people I never talked to right on my Facebook wall. They kind of. <laughs> it's gotten to the point where I don't even, I don't even really check it. I may check it a couple days later or something and just be like, Oh, but it's pretty much the same characters on uh, for those. And then, you know, yeah, you get, you get a text. And for the most part, I think as the years go by, you probably lose touch with more people or whatever. And, you know, I guess it's, it's would be cool to see who, who checks in with you or whatever. Um, and, you know, for the most part, it's, it is what it is. It's just another day uh, for me. I don't, I've never been one to make it a bigger deal. You know, um, I don't think, I, I know, 
I, we have done some things for my birthday. Um, yes. my 21st, you know, namely, and a couple other things around that time period that certainly were not put on by me. They were, you know, and I appreciate my friends doing that stuff for me because those were some good days. I mean, those were some good nights. Itchapalooza was an all timer. Um, we, we had hosted a 21st birthday party for Mitch in Eau Claire. It was Gus Macker weekend. Mitch, I think was our last friend to turn 21. Yeah, probably. And so we did it at the pickle um, in Eau Claire. We had t-shirts. I don't know where my Mitch Palooza t-shirt is. I, it might be at my parents' house. It, I very well could be somewhere buried in my parents' attic and I could just pull it out. And that's a collector's item. Like that's something Retro Daddy could sell for probably 20 bucks <laughs> on the open I, market. Honestly, now that you bring it up, I may have, I don't, I probably don't even have mine. <laughs> I, because I, I recently donated a, just a garbage bag full of shirts to Goodwill. Yeah. I, bet, I bet you it was in there. Um, and I, because I didn't even like go through it. It's just like, I don't need these fucking shirts. Yeah. So I, just, I just took it to Goodwill and I bet you any money it was in there. So I'm mine sure that's, I'm sure that's what happened to mine. Um, I have, I've had Shamrock Shuffle, Shuffle shirts and, you know, uh, a few other things that have made it in there that just are like, all right, it's time. Time to send this to the retirement home. You can't yeah, necessarily. I mean, not, not everybody, not everybody hoards their shirts like like <laughs> one of the aforementioned people in the yeah. podcast. And and it's just like, yeah, you know, you go through them and you're like, man, I'd like to keep that, but it's like, why am I keeping a T-shirt that like, I like I, I played on a traveling baseball team like in you know junior high, middle school, that like I literally to this day, I mean, is some of the funnest times of my life. And I had like the t-shirt because it was like we had a t-shirt and then we wore like a vest over it and it, you know, looked like, looked pretty legit. Oh, like how like the Rockies used to have their out Yeah, there. I guess. Yeah, kind of. Rockies I mean, or the Pirates. I think both not, not nearly to that level of craftsmanship. Sure, but I mean, sure, sure, sure. It was yeah. an important thing, but it's like, I don't need this. Like I wore it, I wore it probably till I was in college, you know, maybe even yeah. into college, just right. like every now and then, you know, just as a, a recreational outfit and then or you know relaxation outfit and i was just like i don't you know it's a it's a special thing but it's like i don't need this no uh, i hear you man like i had i had a shirt i want to i do have a baseball question then we'll it'll segue right to brewers but it, that reminds me of i had a like a student a toast west student section shirt that like was made it was really sharp and it had like our nicknames on the back and yeah. i went by chuckles in high school and <laughs> I wore that to college. Like I wore that around the like dorm area with like the football guys and the freshman football guys. And they started calling me chuckles and it kind of, kind of went around. I realized like, fuck, I don't want to be called chuckles. And then girls found out. And like, I knew those girls that called me chuckles. I was never getting any pussy from them. Like never, like not even going to touch a breast, like at all. Like that was a lock. Right. And there's just those nicknames, man. But yeah, it was a good, it was a shirt. And then I knew I had to get rid of it. And then I tried to hide it in the depths of hell. Um, but I have a question about traveling baseball. My dad asked me this yesterday at the Brewer game and I didn't have a good answer for him. Do they still do American Legion or is that kind of a dead, is that a dead thing at this point? Well, I, I haven't been, a, I haven't been around that in some time. Listen, I don't know. You do a high school. You you work. You work some shows that have high school. Well, I, I will. I'll say this from my from my I guess experience doing some high school sports shows and some of them, including but we do we do a baseball show for a couple months, mm -hmm. um, like in the spring, like and stuff. I, Legion is a much bigger deal up north. Oh, I don't. They don't. They don't do it around here as much. I. They may have it, um, but. They do, I mean, around here, they do summer baseball. Right. They don't, they don't, up north, believe it or not, where, you know, I've played doubleheaders in Rhinelander and stuff in like April when it's 40 degrees tops. And, you know, but they play spring baseball and then the summer is for Legion and Junior Legion. And I don't know though, like the way, you know, the way the world is now, you know, a lot of, a lot of talented baseball players will play club ball. That's what they do around here for sure. I don't know about up north as much, but around here, they're playing they're playing club ball damn near more than, more than often. Like if they're really talented and they have a chance for like a division one scholarship or possibly get drafted, I mean, they're playing like hitters Academy or whatever, like some of those, yeah. like, um, I don't know if they travel and play games or I'm sure they do.
to get film, but it's probably more, they do more camps and just it's more specialized training than just, you know, uh, than like one of the, one of your buddy's dads who, you know, played in, played for the woodchucks or something, you know, throwing on a belt and, and, and coaching the team and just going out there and, and, and playing ball for a couple months in the summer. I mean, so there, no. So actually, so I quit, I quickly Googled while you talk there, there is a very strong American Legion, like 3,500, you know, teams across the country. Wisconsin themselves has 214 Legion teams. Yeah. Pretty good. That's pretty they probably, good. They, they, I mean, I'm sure they have them around here. It's just, I don't know if how, you know, how, how relevant they are. Right. We got the Waukesha Blazer Dogs. That's a hell of a name. And that's a uh, Legion thing? Yeah. The Blazer Dogs, I guess, are like part of it. When I was in it, everybody had a, a like a post number. Like there, okay. So there is, I'm sorry, there is a post. Like it, the Blazer Dogs are AAA. They don't have a post on there. Wausau is the Wausau Post 10 Bulldogs AAA. So that's, uh, that's the Wausau team for if you're curious. Hmm. So. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess I hadn't looked at it really. No, I didn't know. I had no idea. But, anyways, uh, that segues in us nicely to talk about the big leagues and the Milwaukee Brewers. You know, what a difference a week makes. You know, I think we were all feeling good after their sweep over the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, the Brewers have been, I think, at that point, been on a four game winning streak. Looked like they had kind of. Kind of felt, you know, they're in first place. They're comfortably in first place. I don't mean comfortably, but they they were in there. And then they kind of shipped the bed, honestly, against Pittsburgh and and Chicago. Uh, they're they three and four in their last seven games. Uh, they lose a series to the Cubs. I mean, gosh, if Carantini doesn't hit that home run, the Brewers could have easily been swept by the Cubs and now the Cubs are playing decent baseball. I think they've won six of their last seven. I'm not excusing or carrying the water for the Brewers. It's inexcusable. That should not fucking happen. Cubs aren't that good. Um, that said, you know, they are playing good baseball and that sometimes happens. And I think the Cubs play up their intensity for the Brewers, especially after the Brewers treated them like a rented mule last year, winning 15 and 19 games. Well, and I will say that, uh, this is typically the case anyway, but I feel like Cubs fan attendance is probably up in this series. Yes. Just because of the 4th of July. I, I If there was 42,000 people there, there was probably 20,000 Cubs fans. I mean, um, yes. it was probably damn near 50-50. Yeah. And uh, with the holiday, I just think it was it was probably up. I'm sure that there were a lot of Cubs fans that, you know, it's kind of a dirty little secret, but a lot of them live around here. But, um, you know, the ones that, that did make the commute from, from Chicagoland or whatever, or Rockford or something, probably circled July 4th. I would imagine when the schedule came out, like, all right, 100%. you know, we're, in, you know, it's much easier to go to Milwaukee than it is to go all the way down to Wrigleyville. And um, we're just going to, we're going to do that one. So, you know, to win that one on, on Monday was awesome because that was easily the most, Cubs fans I, I can imagine but again attendance was up I'm sure from Cubs fans so they probably had a little extra juice with them and like you said I mean you probably hit them at an uncharacteristically bad time I mean the Cubs were in a free fall I feel like for a while yeah but maybe they have found I mean Justin Steele was really good against the Brewers on Monday yeah. um so he's been better I mean you're you're, just, you're catching these guys at the wrong time now Two, conversely, the Brewers, uh, I mean, Hater's been weird lately and right. uh, very recently. And, I mean, it, you know, I don't know. I, I think we're just going to be probably doing this, I mean, for probably the whole season. Where sure. It's, it's Absolutely. Be ups and downs and kind of okay, kind of shitty. And it, it's a baseball season. But, yeah, I mean, it's a very kind of frustrating stretch of seven games here where – you know, you went what three and three and four, three and four. Yep, three and, and four. You know, you'd probably like to be. I mean, you're pretty much in a situation where you almost have to sweep Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, you to, do. I mean, you buy this this stretch. You really Same. do. I don't know what's happening tonight with St. Louis, um, but I mean, the fortunate thing is that St. Louis really isn't winning right now, and the other fortunate thing is 
the Padres and Giants are both also struggling quite a bit right now. So it's not necessarily the worst time to be struggling, I guess, because it's not like these teams are creating this crazy amount of separation. So maybe it's a little bit dog days, but I guess to go to our topic of like concern meter and, and we go one to 10, one, one being you know, like, yeah, this is just baseball to what you said versus 10 being like, it's, this is kind of a fucking problem. Where, where do you put like it with hater? Are you more on the side? It sounds like you're more like a one or are you worried? Are you more like a 10 with hater? Oh, I'm definitely not a 10. I think he's the best really best closer, best reliever in baseball. I don't think it's even close. Um, like I think if you could pick one player across the league, I, I don't know if I can't think of anyone that I'd maybe have right now. Um, besides him, I'm just trying to think. The New York media, the New York media would tell you Clay Holmes, former Pittsburgh Pirate, is yeah. the best reliever in baseball. Well, I did. Th- uh, I did almost say Edwin Diaz, maybe, but Diaz uh, has been great. I mean. Clay Holmes, I mean, he has a 97-mile-an-hour uh, sinker. I mean, that's a pretty devastating pitch as a closer. And it's crazy that Clay Holmes is this awesome closer because I will forever think of him as the guy who gave up the lead in the 16th inning with Jordan Lyles at the plate, couldn't find the strike zone. <laughs> in one of the more epic Brewer games that, honestly, I've ever watched in my life. I did a podcast that night. Like, I was, I was drunk. And it was like Friday night and I did a podcast because I was so fired up because we had won in the 16th inning. It was just incredible. Like it was one of the, it's one of those games where you're happy you were in front of a TV for most of it. And was that, yeah, was, that, I remember that game, Arcia had a, either the walk-off yeah. hit or the uh-huh. big hit in that game. Yeah, Arcia walked it off. Yep, correct. And it was off Clay Holmes, who's now probably the best reliever in the American League, which is wild. Well, yeah, I think my concern with Hater is just like it's probably a four only because I pointed this out on Twitter today. But like Hater, if you look at his like splits month to month throughout his career, he has like one bad month in him and then he like figures it out. So it's like he can't. It's like once he struggles, like he's like, oh, shit, here we go again versus like just calming me down and getting settled back in. So I don't know necessarily. I I'm sure the Brewers know this. They I'm, they run numbers more than I do, so I'm sure that they've talked to Hater about this and are like, all right, like what do we have to do? Like I was really surprised Hater came out in the ninth inning. I thought we were going to see Williams in the ninth inning because of uh, because like Baxberger goes in the eighth, but then Williams was shut down because of workload concerns. Um, and we didn't but see Hater, we saw Hater instead. And I thought Hater was the guy who I was like, he's worked a lot. And yeah. and they uh, they obviously, I guess he must have must give the word to the to the guys like, hey, let me work through my shit. And I know it sucks and everything else, but I'll figure this out. To, because to your point, I am the best reliever in baseball, and he knows it. Yeah, I mean, I'm really not that concerned with him. I mean, he hasn't. I feel like he hasn't had an extended poor streak since no. 20, 20, uh, 2018, 2019, 2018. Yeah. 2019, 2019, 2019 got messy. Um, that was, that was a pretty brutal, brutal year for hater. Uh, I blame, he, I blame most of that on Grandal. Um, yeah. Yeah. Grandal wasn't good for him. He was that, that year he was 397 in July um, and then in August, he was five, he had a 579 ERA. Um, so he had a really rough, like two month stretch there and then kind of righted the ship in September, but it was, yeah, it was brutal for, for those two months. So yeah, I, I do agree though. Grandal did not do him any favors. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not very concerned with, with Josh. I think he'll, I think he'll figure it out. Uh, he's a, a new father. So yeah that tends to work in an athlete's favor. So, right. um, you know, and I think kind of his, uh, his shakiness has kind of coincided with some, some issues with that, with that childbirth and stuff like that. So, you know, maybe that, I guess is something to maybe think about in the back of your head, like, you know, shit really goes sideways. Like, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's issues with that. I mean, these guys are, these guys are human beings too. Totally. And, um, I don't know. You know, I feel like he was 
pretty unhittable until he started having some some problems. He had some fraternity, a couple different fraternity um, visits, uh, fraternity list visits, and he missed a couple series there in uh, in June, I think. Right. So um, just something to keep an eye on. I mean, there's 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 more concerning things on the pitching staff than Josh Hader. Right. No, I I tend to agree with you there. Um, and if we could go right there. So I would say that if you're talking about anybody not named Woodruff or Burns, I think my concerns at like an eight right now, I, I was trying to be pretty like not reactive about it, but at now we have like a month to almost 45 days of, of like evidence and it's not good. Like Aaron Ashby, not ready to be a starting pitcher at this point. Adrian Hauser, I don't know what's going on with him. Like I was, Hauser was on my shit list. Can remember we talked about it on this show in 2020, a little bit in 2029, 2009, 2020. I can't say it. 2019. Um, sorry about that. And then, and now he's like he's just kind of back to that old Hauser. And then you have Eric Lauer, who had had a really good, you know, on Monday, but that's one that's one example, right? It's not like I need to see it again from Eric Lauer before I'm like, all right, maybe maybe he fixed whatever whatever was plaguing him in the month of, Ju- of June. Yeah, the numbers for Lauer are still pretty good overall, but yeah, he had a horrible horrible June, and it was good to see him bounce back a little bit on his uh, on his first start in, in July but you know he's facing the Cubs I mean so I'd have to see a little bit more uh, I'm guessing his next start would probably be it's gonna be uh, he'll get the Pirates he'll get the Pirates on Sunday but then he'll have the Giants um you know next weekend so I mean the Giants will be a good test they're not playing good baseball right now but they do hit lefties well and I kind of thought some of it was the opponents Lauer's facing, like the Cardinals, are as good as anybody against lefties. Now they're getting shut out tonight by Max Freed, who's I think on another stratosphere, even as a left-handed oh, yeah. pitcher. Um, man, one of the best starters in baseball right now. Totally, he's on another level, man. And so I think that there is, you know, that's probably some of it. But yeah, I need. I really need somebody to step up here. And I made the case on yesterday's pod that I would look at starting pitching before I'd look at the offense um, when it comes to the deadline. And I still, I still, I still feel that way. I just do. I feel like my, you know, we, David Schoenfield, you know, suggested Michael Pineda. He happened to have a pretty, pretty solid start for the, uh, the Tigers today. Um, Just, just think about it, Bruce. Just think about it. And even regardless, probably with probably could have used a starting pitcher um, in there, just because you know Peralta has a long long term injury. We think you know enough with him. I don't think at this point Hauser may have a battle with his elbow. I, I don't know. It, I guess it doesn't seem like he's going to have you know. I don't want to say the, the dirty word, but um, I mean, elbow stuff scares me. Yeah. Elbow stuff's never, never a good sign. It's never, it never makes you feel good when you hear their elbow, their elbow oh, injuries. And I was watching when that happened and it was like, Oh boy, like that, like he threw like four balls that weren't even to Vogelbach that weren't even close. Like there it was four of them that were a foot, a foot away from the strike zone, whatever direction. And he kind of started like wincing and kind of flexing his arm, like shaking it out a little. And that's like, Oh Christ, that's, that's an elbow for sure. And that's, that's the worst thing probably for a pitcher. And I mean, like I said, it's not like he was doing all that great, but you know, you could have, you could have probably found a role for him. I mean, you know, at this point point it's, it's like, you got to start thinking about what the postseason may look like. And, you know, I've even, I've been, I've, jumble it around in my mind of maybe when Freddie Peralta, if and when Freddie Peralta comes back, maybe he's out of the bullpen. Right. Um, as a, as a, you know, a spot starter, a piggyback type guy, or just a spot where like, 
shit, you know, Burns gave up a couple homers or something in the fourth inning. And it's like, we really got to look at this and maybe Peralta would need to eat like two or three innings in a playoff game. I think you'd feel pretty good with that. And same thing with like Hauser where, you know, I might not want him to be a starter in a playoff game, but maybe if, you know, something happens and, you know, he's got to eat a couple innings. Um, yeah. You could definitely, him. you could definitely look at the piggyback situation, right? Like that, like you have, say you do Hauser for three, Peralta for three, and then you get to your bullpen from there. I think that's, that'd be perfectly okay. Um, but I don't necessarily want that to be my third option as like after Woodruff and Burns, that's like, that's game three. Like that's, that's not good. The other interesting thing that I'll be really curious to see how teams strategize for is, so if the Brewers do get the three seed, which right now they look like it's probably a good chance that they were to win the division, that's where they'll end up. Unless yeah. the Dodgers or Mets somehow fall apart. Um, the Brewers would have to play a three-game series at American Family Field against the worst wildcard team. So, and it's a best of three. And that would mean that if you win two, you're done. Like it's over. You advance to whoever you'd probably play the Dodgers. But if you have to go three games, like, don't you kind of want to like save Burns and Woodruff for two and three and that first game be almost a little bit house money. I'll be really interested to see not only the Brewers, but like how teams approach it. Do you send out your best player for that first game or do you actually wait? And if like you are able to win game one, great. And then you win game two. Okay. Then you have like your second starter ready for game one of the NLC NLDS, or are you going to front load it and just say, fuck it, we're going to win these two games and not even mess around with the game three and not worry about it. I am well, fascinated. I'm, fa I'm fascinated by it, especially in the case of the Brewers. Well, I don't think that's a new problem for teams. I mean, I think that's, that's going to be, that's been an, been the question for as long as I can remember. I mean, just how do you want to, that's a constant problem in baseball where, you know, a pitcher can only pitch, you know, one game every four or five days in the postseason. I mean, I think you just go with, with your, your horses right away. And if it lines up that way, where they, you know, where they, they're able to use Burns game one, Woodruff game two, then let's say you win those two, you probably get, at least a day, maybe two days off if you win both. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I have no idea has... how the how the schedule will work. Like, I'm a big schedule guy. I've said this before that I'm a slut for a schedule because yeah. I like to plan my, you know, you know, know what's going on. Like, if the Brewers are playing in a playoff game, like, I kind of want to make sure my schedule's clear and not that I have shit going on. So I have no idea how they're going to structure these. I'm sure they'll come out with that to build up the hype and the excitement of it. Um, because it'll be a big deal for baseball. Yeah. And there could be some really, like, good series. Like, the Brewers and Cardinals would be an excellent series. Um, the Braves and Padres right now would be all-time, right? That would be primetime every game, like, major star power. Blue Jays and Red Sox, same thing, right? If you're able to get those kind of games, I mean, that's – you're going to do some pretty pretty – significant numbers um and we'll we'll see what ha how they how they set that all up um yeah you know, moving to the offense uh we've talked a while about the pitching staff willie adamas i think has finally you know i did my rant last week and i feel like the chickens have kind of come to roost um where are you at with willie are you are you concerned about willie or are you still like it's it's okay like He's still heading for power and that's, that's all right. He is. I'm, I'm okay. I mean, probably like a four or five somewhere Interesting. in the middle. Um, because there is the production uh, in the power categories and then in the, in the run production categories. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that the awful Cubs series um, with some bad strikeouts now on Monday, that was, he got screwed. Yeah. He got sure. screwed by, by, uh, Stu Steerwater was the guy that was the umpire's name. Yeah, that fucking nerd. On the post show. He's, a, he's, a, he's a Canadian, so. Oh, there you go. Even worse. Uh, 
<laughs> this guy hates the Fourth of July. That guy has no no respect for the holiday. That makes a ton of sense. That it was a Canuck that was fucking us over. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. But yeah, two oh seven as we speak. The on base is under three hundred now. Um, the OPS is, you know, maybe league average at best. You know, again, you you need you need another bat in this lineup. I kind of don't care what it is now. Unfortunately, Josh Bell is probably the best available one. And if there's probably one type of player that the Brewers don't need, it's Josh Bell, but you kind of need offense. And I don't know, he he might be somewhat affordable because he's a rental, but um, yeah, if Willie Adamas is your two or three hitter on a consistent basis, I'm not going to say you're in trouble, but, it's not ideal. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess he's a decent two hitter because he's he's producing um, a little bit, forty five RBIs, um, and maybe Yelich getting on base all the time in front of him is inflating those numbers. But I don't know. I, I, I'm not certainly sold on the fact that you know that he's a two hitter on a, on a championship level team. But I, I guess he can do worse too. I don't know. I, I wonder if they're going to move Adamas down and see what, what Adamas would look like with Rowdy in front of him. I think, like, the protection of Rowdy, you know, having, you know, maybe a little less pressure. You don't have to be – you don't have a guy on with Yelich. McCutcheon, certainly good at setting the table. You know, you could really, you know, maybe have some more offense early on with McCutcheon. You know, if you go Yelich, McCutcheon, Rowdy, like, yeah. that, that could really – pay off I think maybe a maybe a flip Adamas and McCutcheon for a little bit it seems like Craig doesn't no. really have a clue what he's doing with that four and five spot half the no. time no so no. he's uh, like, I mean some of these dog shit lineups they're putting out are like I mean wasn't like was it Monday it was they gave Telez the day off and it felt like the lineup was just so weak oh god their lineup I mean that lineup on Monday was Renicky Sunday ask like that was that was awful. Like, I guess that's another thing. Like, and that's what, so, and that's what Sam, because, because me and Sam Schmitz did post game on Monday. And that's what Sam said. And we were sitting there watching the game was like, geez, why don't you just put Urias at cleanup? Cause I think Louis was yeah. hitting like fifth or something. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, and he's like, God, this lineup's so bad. And I'm like, well, what's, what's really all that bad about it? Just Telez has the day off. And it's kind of at that point though, where it's like, if you give Rowdy the day off, that lineup just looks awful. Yeah. And if you're giving, yeah. And that's, that is true. Well, it, was, it was Brasso. Brasso was hitting cleanup. Yeah, Brasso was hitting cleanup. You're right. And that that's correct. And Brasso has been good against lefties, but he shouldn't be hitting cleanup on, to your point, a World Series or championship contending team. Like that just that just shouldn't happen unless you're ravaged with injuries. And I don't I would not consider right now the Brewers are ravaged with injuries. I mean, yes, you don't have Tyron Taylor. Yes, you don't have Hunter Renfro. Your offense would look a little different with those two guys in there. Um, but at the same Renfro, time, Renfro is a pretty big, pretty big, like when Renfro's yeah. actually played, he's been pretty darn good. Right. And if you had Renfro out there, could you hit Renfro second or hit Renfro fourth and then knock Adamas down to sixth even and let him just sort of figure his shit out, you know, just give him two weeks, let him sort of see, see what's there. Like, see if maybe he's just a little more comfortable, get that average up. Like he had a really nice double. Um, you know, I think he almost he thought he hit a home run out to right center. Like it was a great, great piece of hitting. And I it was like the first time I can remember, and I don't watch every Adamas at bat, but it's the first time I remember in a while that Willie was taking it the other way. And he needs to get back to that. And and I maybe he was trying to do that in the eighth inning when he pops up, but at that point, like you have to just say, fuck that launch angle and just get something on the ground, make it difficult. You have a runner on third with one out. Like I understand trying to drive the ball and get a fly ball too, but you're fast enough that it's not like the Cubs are, you know, this gold glove infield, like put some pressure on them and see what can happen. Right. And, and see, make them make a decision, whether it's coming home or, you know, going to first base and, you know, trying to trying to make something happen there, like force their hand as much as you can, and a pop out is just as bad as a strikeout. So, I am a little. 
I'm a little more concerned about Adamas than you are. I'd probably put myself at like a six, five, seven. I just, I need to, there just needs to be more from him if you're a two hitter to your point. And I, I hear you on the offense. I think, I think that guy might be Andrew Benintendi, but are you, I guess I would ask Brewer fans and yourself, like, are you comfortable giving up Tyron Taylor for maybe that? Cause like you need to clear that roster spot. And is that, is that okay? But I also wonder, like, you know, the Yankees are probably going to go after Bennett. Yankees will definitely be in the mix. They need more outfield help. Like Joey Gallo playing every fucking day for the Yankees is not going to get it done. And I hate to break it to people, but the Yankees have a much better farm system than we do. And they, they don't care as much as we do about giving guys away. You know, I mean, look at the, look at the Dodgers, right? They gave away Jordan Alvarez and O'Neill Cruz. They could both be Dodgers right now. That's absurd. And they don't care because they have other talented guys. But true, but I sometimes I'm I'm gonna have a hard time uh hammering an organization for get trading a guy when they're 17 or whatever. Oh Maybe. totally. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I I I actually think like if I were teams this like like the Tatis trade is famous for being, you know the oh you know the White Sox gave up this like low A, you know eighteen year old dude. Granted, he had his father played. In the that's majors, that's so. I think that I think that's the pushback, right? Like Jordan Alvarez was just a kid from Cuba who they didn't think he could play. You know he's the D eight. He's a DH. Like he's the best DH we've seen since David Ortiz, probably. Right? Like he is. He's Ortiz like, and well, Christian Yelich may have something to say about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, but um, so I think yeah, there's... no, I I have a really hard time getting you know. Of course, the the trade, like I said, the trade looks horrible. Four years later, when you know James Shields was you know failed in the playoffs and is out of baseball, and Tatis is like twenty one years old coming into you know about to sign a fucking just monster contract you know and, and is basically the face of baseball I mean, it looks looks horrible at the time maybe it was a little bit inexcusable but i mean o'neill cruz you know he showed flashes pretty early so i mean the dude's probably going to be a stud but i don't know let's take it easy chet holmgren yeah i don't know o'neill just looks like Giannis playing baseball like yeah. six seven as a shortstop like that's fucking nuts it is and so, yeah, last thing about the Brewers, because we went long enough. Um, I guess this is a little unique of a question, but like what's – so I think Kessinger might get traded this seat, this uh, trade deadline. Had a great game on Wednesday. Was really the only one who played well. He had a great running catch in his second game as left fielder. Couldn't believe he caught that. And then he hits a home run. He's the only offense for the Brewers. He's actually his OPS against righties has been phenomenal in a small sample. I'm I'm like I'm like a six, I think, as like concerned that if they do trade him, like the guy's just gonna be an all-star somewhere else. And it's just a classic. You see a lot of baseball and basketball where you trade a young guy who needs a change of scenery and you immediately change that scenery and he's fucking he's fucking awesome. And that's my that's like my back like back of the head fear if if Keston here does get moved before uh, before this season uh, is over, that's definitely that's definitely fair. Um, you know, you may be right. Um, part of me has already come to terms with it, just because. Yeah, I think we've talked offline about the Brewers always hang on to the guys too long. I mean, Kessie mm-hmm. could be. I call him Kessie because that's what Euchre calls him. Um, Kessie could be. Could he, you know, could be a little bit of a late bloomer. He could be Matt Gamble. Um, it's true. So, I mean, I mean, I remember deals out there. I feel like Hira should not be off the table. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, also remember how much we lost our shit when they traded Mauricio Dubon, right? Yeah. And you know, he traded for Drew Pomerantz. Pomerantz was super helpful for that team. Kind of, you know, had the eighth inning. Um, they needed an eighth inning guy. Pomerantz did the job. You know, that team, unfortunately, just got a wild card spot. Weren't able to beat the Nationals, who then go on to win the World Series that year. And, but Pomerantz was great. 
and Dubon had some moments with the Giants. Then he got traded. Now, he's playing pretty regularly for the Astros, but he's not having a great year. I mean, I it's, he's, in the, he's in the Houston bubble now, kind of like Andrew Wiggins going to Golden State. Like, yeah. Okay, you, have, you, have, you have zero expectation or pressure. Like, no, right. And, like, sound, and what will and be the bitch of the beast is Dubon will have a big fucking hit in October, and then all these casuals are going to be like, Oh fuck! I told you, Devon. Like you, he was gonna be great, man. We could. Wonder what Drew Pomeranz is doing now. Not playing. Oh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> Assholes. I hate. I just hate people. Speaking of pinheads, let's transition to Aaron Rodgers. Who met Pat McAfee um, today called in. Um, I joke that the local media loves to just use Pat McAfee's content as their own, and I'm doing the damn same thing, and I do it too. Okay, we all do it. All right. Anytime you have Rogers talking freely, it's nice. My man got a new tattoo. Um, Mitch is moving and shaking on the other side here. Um, but no, it's okay. It's fine. Uh, and uh, I'm going to brush and- up my Aaron Rodgers uh, topic here. My, my Aaron Rodgers news. He got a new tattoo. Oh yeah. No, the we're well, that as someone pointed out, like, When's the last time, you know, a Caucasian quarterback with a tattoo has won a Super Bowl? Um, that That is it's true. Um, doesn't happen often. But then I don't know how many Caucasian guys have tattoos, you know, that are quarterbacks right now in the NFL. It's few and far between. I mean, Matt Corral, I think, who's not going to be a starter this year. But Matt Corral, I think, has like a, like a sleeve. I think Matt Corral has a legit sleeve. And A.J. Dillon said a, a full sleeve is next for Rodgers. Uh, in the comments, but the comment, the topic is not about the tattoo. It's more about Rogers basically giving a warning shot to the fans saying that the offense is going to be a work in progress, that it's not going to be completely finished during training camp. It's not going to always look the best and that for everybody to just kind of settle the fuck down. I'm paraphrasing, but that is what, what I got out of that. And Rogers points out, like, these guys, speaking about, like, Watson, Dobbs, Torre, are going up against some of the best cornerbacks in all of football. So they are getting thrown right into the fire. And they're not going to take it easy on them. They're going to beat them up. And I think it's going to end up being really good for them in the long run. But are fans actually going to listen? Are the local media, will the local media listen? Like, I feel like this was Roger's way of just telling everybody to kind of relax without saying the relax word that has been overused. Will people actually listen or do we got to get our clicks up? I mean, I'll say no. I mean, they're not going to. Expectations are sky high all the time. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a good point. And I think it's a good move by him to sort of, you know, pump the brakes. We're going to need some time. Um, And maybe people will give him some time. But, the honeymoon's pretty quick with that stuff. I mean, people wanted Joe Barry fired after the first game last year. Oh, right. So, and that turned out to be, you know, old takes exposed for sure. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like I said, I think it's a good move by him, but I, I, people are just crazy high expectations all the time. And, you know, because – People are going to say that it's Roger's fault for this. It's Roger's fault that Devontae left um, or wanted out, you know, because he felt he felt like the organization was spending too much time on on Rogers. And, you know, I don't know if I buy any of that shit, but I mean, that's, those takes are out there. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a good move by Rogers, but um, I don't know. People are. Well, it's going to be. It, you know how they it, are. It's going to be even funnier when Tonyan gets put on the pulp list and he's not ready for the first six weeks of the season because I think that is likely happen. Like, guy had an ACL tear in the middle of October. Makes sense, right? That would give him pretty much a full year. And I would rather have – You one or two with him, like, is the Bakhtiari situation going to kind of affect their decision-making on a knee injury for Tonyan? So that's a good question. I, I'm not a doctor. Um, we could bring in Dr. Big Cat for this, but I think from what I understand about ACL tears is they're all different. Like every ACL tear is different. Um, so 
think it really depends. I mean, if he's dealing with the fluid stuff, the Bakhtiari stuff is weird. Um, I'm not ready to have that conversation. I think some people are floating it out. Like if Bakhtiari isn't ready for training camp, like we have, like they're a major panic button. And yes, look, I think it's worth pushing the panic button if Bakhtiari isn't ready by training camp. That said, I can understand taking it slow. I, like every day that you don't see Bakhtiari out there, the panic button gets louder and louder. It's not just we're pressing it. It's like we're holding it down and it's going to keep getting louder and louder as we get closer and closer to the season. And Bakhtiari still isn't out there. Cause I think if we're at like middle August and we're still, I haven't seen Bakhtiari out there, we're going to be in like full blown DEFCON five, like, big time everybody losing their shit. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty quiet. I just, it was a thought I had about Tanya and stuff. No, it's, I mean, it's a really, it's a really good idea. It's because really, when you said pup list, I immediately thought about Bakhtiari last right. year. People were like, what the fuck? And, right. You know, or, oh, well, I mean, well, no. I'm when I'm getting my year, my ears are all confused. Right no, 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 but you, no, but you're right. No, he went on the so he he had already he went on the pup, but I mean there were people if you remember. So he went on the he went on the pup, and everybody got excited that he was going to come back. Like, right. Oh my yeah. god, he, he's he's a superhero, and he's going to yeah. be back like right you know, eight months after surgery, and then it just kind of never really happened, and then he came back in a meaningless game and. Uh, at the end of the year, and that's how and, it went. Okay. And it was, uh, and he wasn't well conditioned, and then he had fluid in his knee, and the whole thing. And then here we are. So, I mean, he's been working out. He's been doing the Instagrams. It's not like he's not. It's not like he's not like doesn't look healthy. It's just a question of. And he's not hiding. It, yeah, exactly. Right. He's not like he's not necessarily just off social media, and it's like where's Bakhtiari? We've seen him with their Rodgers working out. I have to feel good about it and hopefully that it's much to do about nothing, but pack to the original point, Packer fans are going to pack a fan there. They don't sleep. They love to make, you know, fucking mounds out of mole or molehills and mountains out of molehills. That's the phrase. Um, no, I think no fan base does it better. Maybe bucks Twitter after bad loss. Um, but other than that, um, it's, it's definitely Packer fans first. Speaking of the Bucs, um, we are a week into free agency, basically. I had a Bucks topic ready to go to start this show today. Um, and then I am feeling like we're going to get podcast jinxed and that the Bucs are going to make a move here sooner rather than later. Um, hmm. In my best wind horse, uh, setting it up of like, you know, they released Rajon Tucker. They released Luca Valdoza. Why is that? To get Kevin Durant? No. Um, no. <laughs> um, and they have a trade exception for Sam Merrill, which I think runs out today, but maybe it runs out tomorrow. Valdoza's agent now has said that Valdoza is going to get re-signed on Friday. Basically, he had called Luca and said, Hey, I got good news and bad news. The good news, the bad news is you're getting released by the box, but the good news is they're gonna sign you on Friday. So I wonder why that is. I mean, that's got to be some sort of guarantee date stuff or something. Oh, like that. yeah. Yeah, there has there is some chicanery going on. What the chicanery is, Mitch, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, Could, obviously, you're. I think you're reading a lot into it. I mean, totally. Totally. Um, Horst has a, a propensity of being aggressive. I'll say yes. that. Um. But B, he also has a history of letting trade exceptions expire. So yes. or or misusing them or whatever. Whatever what, what am I thinking of? There's a Yeah, he fucked something up. I know what you're talking about. He he fucked a trade exception up and Bucks Twitter lost their minds uh, a couple years ago. Right. And I mean, so they have, I think as we as we speak, 14 roster spots spoken yes. for, which means they have one available. Um now they have typically let you know, one open spot going into a season. So you can sign a Boogie Cousins, for example, um, and give them, a, give them a look for a couple of weeks, keep that fle- flexibility. It also does naturally 
keep the payroll down a little bit when you're uh, in the repeater tax territory. I mean, every bit counts, I suppose. So um, I don't know. I think it's more probably a tax move, but again, I, I guess I, I wouldn't be, I, I would be surprised if they made a trade. I don't know what's at this point uh, poo poo platter of Grayson Allen and George Hill going to get you because I, I don't think there's anyone really available. I mean, other than those guys, maybe um, that somebody could possibly want. I, I guess you could talk a team into Grayson Allen, but I don't know. I don't mind Grayson Allen. I guess I know he was persona non grata there for a little while, but I think he's okay. I mean, he got picked on a lot in in the Boston series, but I don't know if we need to like scramble to upgrade for him or for that position. Would it be nice? Sure, but I don't know. If you can talk Utah into Jordan Clarkson some for something around Grayson Allen, but then but then what? Like then you right. West Matthews again. Well, right. And and also too, you're dealing with Danny Ainge who always wants more than he probably deserves, right? Like that's the thing with Danny Age, where it's like, oh, Danny Age was close on this deal. I think because Danny asks for the fucking moon every time. He's not afraid to ask for the moon. And that's why sometimes Danny Ainge doesn't close. Now he closes with this Gobert Gobert deal, Gobert deal, which was great. I mean, that was an all-time deal. Oh God. I mean, that's I like that trade actually. Uh, I guess I haven't I've I've I know that we're not a Timberwolves podcast, but (laughs) I I think I I think I I think I like that trade. I know that really that's a zag. That is a fucking zag. It's been universally panned by all the all the podcasters, all the NBA podcasters. And I don't know, like, you know, they gave up a shit ton. That that's the problem. That's where I won't fully jump in the pool. They gave up probably at least one pick too many. Yeah. Um but I'm thinking that's because Utah wanted Jaden McDaniels and they didn't want to give him up. So they're like, all right, we need two more first. Yeah. But it, is Jaden McDaniels like Jaden McDaniels has to be like the fucking six man of the year for you to be like, all right, we're not giving up this guy. And maybe they're right. Like Jordan Poole was an example of this a couple of years ago. Like everybody wanted the Warriors to include Jordan Poole in trades and the Warriors are like, no, we're good. Well, at least, I mean, at least they picked a direction. Um, yeah. And so, you know, you're going to have Edwards and Russell's kind of not a defender, but yeah, they would get, and they would give Russell's Russell's like a high end George Hill. Like they'd give Russell to any team that would be like, Hey, we want D'Angelo Russell. They're like, what do you, for what? Like, like, well, you, you can take him for very little. We'll, we'll give you the world. But yeah. Uh, I mean, so like, and I think that, Gobert and Towns can, for the most part, play it play together on the court, definitely mm-hmm. in the regular season. And I think if Gobert gets played off the court, you've got Towns. I mean, yes. So, and they should be able to. And then if Towns gets in foul trouble, it's Gobert's back out there. Right. Um, now their depth has been gutted. I I, I kind of wish for their sake that they were able to keep Pat Beverly, mm-hmm. um, because I think he is kind of like their Bobby Portis up there you know yeah. he was a guy that, that that you know that they loved and i mean i guess it's not going to stop me from making a, a trade for a two-time defensive three-time defensive player of the year uh yeah so um but it would have been nice to, to keep him for depth so i don't know what they have left but i just yeah as an I, aside i just i, just, I yeah I, I guess i would say this and, that, and, like, sometimes I wonder, like, obviously they have new ownership, so that's number one. But I also wonder if this new ownership wants to really sell tickets. And the Target Center is an old stadium. It's an old, old stadium. And it's, it's the oldest one on the block, if you think about it, with the Twins having a relatively new stadium, with the Vikings having a very new stadium, like I do wonder, are they are they angling to potentially get a get a new stadium and say, all right, we have this very successful team. It's the oldest. We're, I think it's the oldest building besides MSG. Um, yeah, but right, they, they did do I think do significant renovations. A few okay, years. okay, all right. Um, so just like that's, MSG has undergone a couple different, you know, 
That's uh, Talking Wolves brought to you by Grain Belt. Grain Belt, the uh, Minnesota's finest uh, lager. Um, get your uh, to your local grocery stores uh, today. So anyways, uh, with the Bucks, yeah, we'll see. Maybe I'm just looking too far into it. Maybe I'm just too fucking bored and just want topics, just want content for the TikTok, tapping the keg sports uh, if you haven't followed already. Um, you know, maybe that's what it is. And maybe it's just we'll be in summer champ, summer camp. And then we'll just be overreacting to Marjan Bochamp, good or bad. And, you know, how people are doing it with chat and everything else. I'm sure Bucks Twitter will uh, will have their Bochamp takes after Friday when the Bucks have their first summer league game against the Brooklyn Nets. Well, I'm sure he'll have, like, a nice dunk. And, I mean, I yeah. can guarantee that in summer league. I mean, it's, you know, shitty preseason basketball. I mean, basically, it's preseason yeah. basketball with, you know, with – guys who won't even be in camps i mean right part. so he'll have some nice dunks um and we'll have to we'll critique his shooting form i'm sure and mm-hmm. you know what else he'll probably i have mean like, he'll, he'll probably have like well, I, I think i think his defense is good defense he'll poke, think his defense should should shine and yeah so. he'll poke a ball away he'll throw one down and he'll be like oh bochamp season uh bochamp yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bochamp Burner on on Twitter. Go follow. Um, well, he are, different. Sure those are already out there. Oh, I know. I know. They're fucking. They just do them for clout. Um, you know, worst thing that Snell season ever did to it to Bucks Twitter. But um, so fucking like, huge on Twitter. I know. I know. Whatever. Um, another story for another time. Um, so Bochamp. Yeah, I think he'll be the guy. I'm interested in AJ Green. Um, you know, he, he's a shooter. He's a guy who, you know, yeah, I don't he's a relatively old wide receiver, but we'll see how, uh, <laughs> uh as you're getting older, how many, how many pinheads do you think out there were like, wait, the Packers got AJ green. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. That'd be great. Uh, that would, that would be awesome. That's I'd something that, like, maybe like a dad would be like, saw the Packers got AJ green. Oh, that actually, you know who would do that would be Bill Michaels. Did, <laughs> did I see right? The, uh, yeah. How we doing? Yeah. So I think, the, I yeah, think the Packers yeah. got A.J. Green. This is, oh, vertical receiver. Man. It's, oh, wait, 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 wait. It's the box. Well, if Bill would have do that, it probably would have happened already. No, yeah. It, yeah, it yeah. would have been. It would have been. Yeah, I was on the Harley all weekend and, like, <laughs> you know. Like he does, he would do this on the air to open his show. Like, yeah, we're yeah. having a holiday this weekend, and um, saw that the Packers signed somebody signed AJ Green. He's off the market, and then somebody, no, well, nobody, somebody would tell him, you know, that uh, that it was actually a white guy from Northern Iowa that the Bucks got, and he, you know, would just brush it off then, probably. You're right. He'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I knew that. I knew that. Northern Iowa. Yeah, for sure. Watch. Watch some uh, Mount uh, Missouri Valley Conference games uh, this year. So you're but, you're really excited about AJ Green, huh? I, mean, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm throwing a name out there that isn't just Bochamp. Is he, is he like maybe what's his NBA ceiling, Matt Thomas? Yeah, probably. Right. I mean, that's a very very Caucasian comparison of you, but yeah, I mean yeah. that would probably be. Well, he's a that, 22 year old, six four guard from. Um, you know, bumfuck Iowa. That <laughs> I I don't I don't I don't know if I I didn't look at the numbers, but one would assume was a, a you know sharpshooting guy. With you know, that's probably his only NBA skill, right? NBA level skill, right? I'm pulling up I'm pulling up some stats. Yes, he's 22. Um, that would be, and then his time at Northern Iowa. Um, getting that for you. He was a 38% three-point shooter last year from three, 40% in 2020, only played three games in 2020. Uh, and then in 19 and 20, he was 39%. So career, 37% from three, 17 points overall. Um, so not bad. 50, 90% free throw shooter, 41% from the field. You could say A.J. Green, a bucket, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But. We'll see. I mean, again, it's summer league, right? And we don't have a ton of roster spots. I expect these guys to kind of bust their ass because there are so few roster spots. And they know, you know, it's a it's a great way to highlight dudes 
Um, I think that we're taking summer league a little too far. I, I can't believe how much run chat's getting on the internet, but yeah. I guess this goes back to what we talked about maybe last podcast or the podcast before that, that like we really took for granted the some the last couple summers when, you know, we had different schedules, right? This is the first summer where this down period exists where we just have nothing like training while. camp will start in like three weeks and then there'll be a new fucking story every day. But right now we have nothing going on. And that's what, that's why summer summer leagues getting a ton of run. And it's, that's, I think what you're going to see for the next couple of weeks here as uh, we get closer and closer to the all-star game. But I, I do think because it's at Dodger stadium, I do think the all-star game will get a decent amount of buzz home run derby. As long as they get like enough participants, I know who isn't participating in it this year. Someone announced they're not participating in it. That's, Oh, was it judge? I think judge isn't participating, but if they could get like Julio Rodriguez in there, I think that would be fantastic. Like that guy is awesome. Um, you know, and a couple other of the, of the newer new school dudes, I think just, just do as much as you can to kind of build that next generation of, well, of base. Is, uh, is Shohei going to be in it? I, I hope so. I, dude, give me – Shohei dominated again tonight. He was pitching on the mound. He's, he might be fucking Cy Young this year. Like, that's crazy. It's absolutely absurd. What show brutal, man. Like, I, like I, I, man, the Angels are one of the more tortured fan bases. Just like – Yeah, underrated, have, right? Who, like, probably all-time, you know, people that we're going to remember forever on their team. And it's like – you know, they just can't put it together. And, you know, because, I mean, their pitching usually sucks. And, like, their supporting cast is pretty bad, except for Anthony Rendon, who can't stay healthy. No, no like contract. Every, every, time they, every time they give out a, like, kind of a, I guess, a questionable large contract, you know, it never works out. Right. A lot, of times, a lot of times you, you could tell them that, you know, going into it, like, okay, maybe – you know, 200 whatever million for Anthony Rendon is a lot, but, um, you know, they always seem to find a way to fuck it up. Yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. Um, I, I totally, totally agree with you. And it's tough because, yeah, you could, you could make a case. He's the AL starter for the All-Star game. And then uh, my guys at Divine Sports Gospel brought this up to me, or they retweeted that yesterday. Do you know that Sandy Alcantara was in the Cardinals organization? I didn't know that, yeah. They talk, oh. I've, heard it, I've, heard it, I've heard it talked about on MLB Network quite a bit. That's fucking lovely. Again, another, another example of a guy who was probably traded when he was 18. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look back, but probably. Uh, also, also this, just breaking now, uh, Jimmy Butler commented on uh, P.J. Tucker's uh, – farewell to Miami and he said fuck you and Joel Embiid I yeah I brought him into this shrug emoji yeah I saw that <sighs> you know I, I feel like you never know Jimmy where is, is, he, is he just like trolling or is he actually like trying to start beef uh, yeah it's it's hard it's I'll tell you man I love those Marquette guys it's just like you can't they be work. that stupid to, to put it on to put it on Instagram can you yeah Right. In in this dead period where everybody's thirsty for content. Yeah, I don't know. Um well Sandy Alcantara was uh he was in the deal for Marcelo Zuna in twenty right. so he, I don't think he ever actually played for the Cardinals. No. But he was in like I think triple A. Yeah, he was in triple A. Oh God. No, don't love it. Sorry. St- Springfield, okay. Springfield Cardinals. I get my Cardinals levels mixed up of, uh, of yeah, I can't forget the Memphis Redbirds who are their AAA affiliate, I believe. So it's um, Springfield Cardinals, Redbirds, and then Cardinals. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean that. Talk about sucking your own dick. Right. Yeah. Just son, unbelievable. Who else is in that trade? Zach Gallen, who's kind of a decent right for the Diamondbacks. And then they traded Zach Gallen for like Caleb Smith or somebody. They traded like that was an all-time like what the fuck are you doing, uh, Marlins? And now he's on the Diamondbacks. So, man, trades are – baseball trades are interesting. There there are all sorts of them, you know. 
Um, but we'll uh, we'll see if the Brewers make any moves. We'll see what the Brewers look like next week. We'll see if the Bucks make any moves. See if there's any any new Aaron Rodgers tattoos to talk about. Um, we're we're fixing for a break at some point. Mitch and I will probably take a week off at some point. We'll just we'll see when the mood hits when the time is right. Um, but enjoy your uh, birthday weekend, my man. And uh, we will uh, we'll talk to you guys here on Daily Cap tomorrow uh we'll have a, have a good friday show get us back to some of some of the stuff we've been doing it was friday last friday was a mess because there was just so much news and i couldn't hate when i have like actual things to talk about on friday because it's like i usually like to have a pretty relaxed vibe on friday but with the free agency news the big 10 realignment like there's no no rest for the wicked in that one right yeah it was all right wild. it's been a wild week yeah yeah man it's supposed to be nope right but it does content doesn't sleep all right take care of yourself have a good good thursday we'll be back tomorrow see you bye